What is up, Cyclone Nation? Welcome to this week's Williams and Bloom podcast. Uh, thanks for your patience. We did not obviously record on Sunday night this week. Just had some family stuff going on. Our kids are always sick, guys. It's 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 truly unbelievable how sick these kids are. Regardless, we are here on your Monday morning. We're going to do a little mailbag style, as we've got a lot of you who have contributed to this podcast via Twitter. Uh, we're probably not going to get to everything today because there were so many of you who reached out. What I'm thinking is we're going to turn that uh, and the rest of your questions into a second podcast, hopefully for later in the week. I've got to run that by Bloom to make sure that we can uh, find the time to knock that out. But that is my goal uh, here for this week on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Also trying to uh, put together a Legends podcast and a Built the Weed podcast as well. So you guys have plenty to listen to over your 4th of July uh, celebrations coming up over the weekend. Of course, our presenting sponsor is Mechdyne. You can check them out at mechdyne.com. And as I always push you to go to the careers page and check out what Mechdyne uh, potentially has in your line of work. They are it, it, Mechdyne, I was trying to explain to people, by the way, M-E-C-H-D-Y-N-E.com. It's a collection of technology companies, uh, but in a lot of engineering, really, really smart people. But you can be a hack like me and work at Mechdyne. They've got all sorts of, you know, human relations, marketing, sales. Go to their careers page, Mechdyne.com. It's a phenomenal company. I wouldn't endorse it if I didn't believe that. Uh, one of the, uh, the CEOs, a close friend of mine now, and I, I've learned so much from him over the years, and they are great Iowa Staters looking to hire Iowa Staters, mechdyne.com. I also want to give a push to my friend Ray at uh, farmstorymeets.com. Okay, so over the weekend, I took the family camping. You guys know if you follow me on Twitter and stuff that I've I've gotten into – smoking meat and stuff like I really got into a, a lot over the week or over the pandemic. And I, um, I discovered farm story meets. What it is, is it's this young guy. He works at Iowa state, Iowa stater, and he gets you meat from the farm to the table. Basically it's phenomenal. It cuts out the middleman. I was camping over the weekend, and I tried some of the bratwurst that Ray had sent me. It was, frankly, it was like the, um, it, I think it was like bacon cheddar, but regardless, they were phenomenal. I've had this skinless brats before. I love those. His chops are amazing. The bacon's amazing. I'm going to make some bacon over the 4th. Uh, that's that's one of my plans. Love the ribs. Uh, check him out at farmstorymeats.com. Now, this is important. The next shipping date and home delivery drop-off is today and tomorrow. So if you want something for the 4th, get in there now. Um, you'll have to talk with Ray to make sure that that can still be done. But he's got all sorts of – if you go to the meat shop on his website, they've got bundles, the Freedom Bundle, the Fireworks Bundle. There's all sorts of uh, phenomenal things. They've, uh, they, they are killing it. This is going to be a big-time company. Um, here in the next couple of years. I can I can sense it right now. All right, um, we're going to get to some mailbag questions, and we are going to tackle uh, everything that you guys uh, 
have for us here today. I'll bring in Bloom here in a minute on the Williams and Bloom podcast. But first, of course, we've got to welcome our friends English. All right, bring it in, Bloom. Uh, we're doing this remotely because there's just germs everywhere. Uh, if you listened to our Father's Day podcast last week, if you haven't, you should check that out uh, the, on the Chris Williams podcast. Um, we were just talking about kids get sick all the time, and that's continued to happen. My kid got sick again last week, and now I, I've had it over the weekend. I'm feeling better. And then Bloom, Bloom's fighting an illness. The... Uh, you go ahead and tell it if you want. I don't want to no, do like I'm a HIPAA not violation the, here. Yeah, no, the youngest, is, which I think you've had this, has hand, foot, and mouth Awful. disease. Awful. Which is, it's, it's not, that's not a fun one. It's brutal. So he's, he, he has run the gamut. It is um, brutal. The last three months. But again, the, the, so he's got it. He's got to be home for a couple of days. And so here we are. Real quick, um, before we get into the mailbag questions, I forgot about this. For my buddy Ray at Farm Story Meats, use Farm Story 10 at your checkout for 10% off the order. Farm Story 10, that's 10% off the order uh, at farmstorymeats.com. All right, Bloom, um, this is a little bit of a lazy way out of a podcast, but here's the deal. I also think that it's good for us to do this from time to time because we can just get locked in on things that we're interested in, but our audience is kind of like, meh. So I thought I would open it up since this was a little bit weird recording on a Monday and do some mailbag questions. And the questions were really, really good. Like yeah. better topics than even we could come up with. So kudos to everybody. I was, I mean, I, I got some of these questions. Like I want to talk about this stuff right now. So this okay. will be a good one. How do you want to do this? Do you want to read them or do you want me to? Either way. Sorry, Dirk. Can, Dirks is yelling there. Sorry about that. You, you start with the first one, then we can get into it. Okay. Yeah. So we did this on Twitter, and um, I, 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 I'm with Bloom. I think you guys brought it pretty good. Real quick, too, on the dog, and uh, shout out to my friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive because he's barking because we always have contractors walking in right now, <laughs> and he just doesn't know. He doesn't know like who's coming in. It's been like a anxiety riddled um, summer so far. Poor guy. And, and then Bondurant decided to have an early fireworks. Oh in yeah, the neighborhood last night well, on the Sunday night. Jesus. <laughs> what in the hell was See, that all about? So like, what's your what's your? I know you're a big like pyro pro fireworks guy, but yeah, Sunday well, night at eleven o'clock at night. I mean, come on now. Let's it's, it's let's not, have some. It's not necessary on Sunday night at eleven. I agree. All right. You you get zero arguments from me. My wife um, says at that point last night when they started going off, she goes, I am if if they wake up the baby, I am driving to who set those things off and they're coming to put the baby back down. Wow. So ours ours did wake up. Oh, no. And and so 
you know, my, my wife who's sure adamant Crystal. about customer service yeah. literally went on the back deck and, and yelled, told them to knock it off. Oh, I don't really? know if they could, <laughs> I don't know if they could hear her. <laughs> she was fired up. She was not, none of us have gotten much sleep. So uh, yeah, 11 o'clock on uh, a Sunday. Listen, I love independence day. Uh, but come on now. Unnecessary. Sorry, Dirks, because I'm sure he heard it. Too. Oh, dude, I had to come home from camping this weekend because of the fireworks because Dirks was losing his mind. I'm glad I did. Your wife, your wife texted me and said, hey, uh, I'm just letting you know, because it's a gamble to leave Dirks at home anyways, but it was our first time camping. It was raining. I was just like, you know what? We're in freaking Sailorville. I can come and check on him and stuff, and I'm glad I did because he was losing his GD mind. On even, in the, even in the rain, people of Bondurant, Oh. Just light them up. <laughs> light them up. I'm telling anybody if you, if y'all like the fireworks, come to the come to Bondurant on the Fourth of July. It is unlike anything you've ever seen. Yeah. Bosnia hurts the Gavina. <laughs> I mean, we'll sit out on my deck in their every direction nonstop for four hours. It's, it's unreal. It's really it's just rename it the Balkans. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll start with Simon. Uh, I love Simon. He he's one of my favorite guys on Twitter. I'm actually going to follow him right now. There you go. Um, he has two questions for us. He says, "When do you think we'll hear from Pollard on name, image, and likeness plans for Iowa State athletes?" Two, the secre- the Supreme Court ruling seems to clear the pe- the way to pay athletes. I think it's good, but will recruiting look something like NFL free agency? Or how does that play out? I'll start with the Pollard one, Bloom, and I'll let you yeah, tackle and, number two. And, and also, Jonah, Jonah, who we appreciate listening, had a similar question. Oh, saying okay. Pollard, while, while a very forward-thinking leader, has also been very vocal about student-athletes being students first, which is true. How do you see him navigating the NIL changes? Thanks. Love the podcast and the Title IX podcast. So thank you, Jonah. Uh, I, I would guess... I think Pollard's probably going to wait until there's some certainty with any of this stuff before he... Here's the deal with Jamie. Um, we all, all Back in the day, remember, we all called him all stealth Pollard all the time? Yes. Like, yes. He, he's not... This isn't catching him off guard. So, th- there's a very different um, answer to this. Simon asked, when will we hear from him? That's very different than... You know what are they going to do, or when? Like there are, there's. I guarantee there's already a plan in place. Now, strategically, Brent, um, I I think it makes sense before they let the NCAA spew all of whatever it has. To, I think what Iowa did last week was smart. Now, if you look into what they did, it there really wasn't much substance to it. It was like, hey, we're going to educate them. Well, you should be doing that anyways. <laughs> Yeah, that, it, was, it was just basically a video to say, hey, we're thinking about this. Yeah, that so, well, was a – duh. That, I'll give them credit because they rarely make good PR moves. That was a good PR move by no, the yeah, University sure. of Iowa Athletic Department. But, it, again, like there wasn't – Nothing there. Of, there wasn't much substance. I think Pollard will wait until there's some finality and like what's going to happen, and then he will – but I guarantee you within these athletic departments, like specifically Iowa State, this is not catching anybody off guard and – there's a plan in place. Yeah. And uh, you, they both make a good point that, you know, Pollard in the past has been an idealist when it comes to these topics. I mean, he's very much in the student athlete frame of mind, which, you know, great for him. And, you know, for the most part, I, I think I tend to agree with him. However, 
He's also more than an idealist. He's a pragmatist. I mean, he's going to be, he's competitive first and foremost. He wants to win, right? So he's not going to let his values and his ideals get in the way of Iowa State being successful. And this has been talked about long enough now that Iowa State has a plan in place. I mean, they, they, they absolutely do. And they'll, be, they'll hit the ground running just like everybody else. But I don't think it's, like you said, Chris, they're not going to get caught off guard off this. And I don't think Jamie's going to take be on the forefront of, you know, I've been against this in the past, but here's why I'm for it now. I think he'll let his people do the work. I think the people at the forefront of this will be the head coaches, as it should be. And then Iowa State's administration will be supportive in any way possible. And you know, a lot of this NIL stuff, you're actually going to hire third-party vendors to run a, a lot of it. And so I don't know. I mean, other than bolstering your staffs, you know, maybe the compliance team needs to add people. It's really across the country. The, the, the staffs are pretty small for those things. But I think Iowa State will be, uh, be prepared. And one thing Jamie is is strategic. And so if there's an advantage to be gained here through NIL, he will find a way to find that, that little glimmer of advantage for Iowa State. And, you know, I think the smart thing, though, is to wait and see what the law is before you step in it by overstepping or understepping with whatever you put out there. Uh, the second one from Simon well said uh, about free agency. I, I honestly don't think it'll get to that. I just, I mean, to a point, it's going to look different, but I, I still think relationships are going to matter the most. I think the guys who, the Zions, the Trey Youngs, just thinking of a couple guys recently, Jalen Suggs to an extent. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence would have gotten paid a lot coming out of but, but I, high school. Yeah, I, I'm thinking more basketball because they're they're not going to be playing in college, in my opinion. Some of them might. I, I would make the argument to those guys that they're better off playing in college than like the G League because of the branding. Behind, I think that they can make more money off of their name if you're at Duke. Um, but that, but then you're going to have to go to class and like there's all that other stuff. So whatever. Football is really interesting uh, because you have to right now go for three years. Well, one and done is going to be gone here in basketball, so that changes things. Sure, I mean, could it look like free agency? Yeah, but I would argue with this. I've covered recruiting for long enough. I mean, what is it now? Like it, I mean, it basically yeah. we basically have free agency once these seasons come to an end. Anyways, I don't think that. I don't think this will be a deal where it's like, oh, uh, Trevor Lawrence is making this is his contract at Clemson. What can Saban come in and offer him? See if he can steal. I right. I just. I'm sorry. I just. And then the onus is on these coaches to make these guys want to stay. Right. Yeah. It, it's very complicated because I agree the Supreme Court ruling is going to open up more compensation for athletes, but I have no idea how, how what this looks like and then how do you balance it with the, the Olympic sports as well, you know, in, in wrestling and in tennis and swimming because you're, then you, is it, is it equitable then to pay, you know, the 85 football players, but not the swimmers? Is that, is that another conversation that needs to happen? Um, but yeah, I mean, I think if you start paying players, you're probably talking about tens of thousands of dollars on the high end, not hundreds of thousands of dollars. And, and I would guess, my guess is it won't be a free agency. It'll be conference by conference first. So let's say the big 12 would say, 
all right, for football, you know, our schools will agree. So it's an even playing field. Our schools will agree to 15,000 per year per player. And I think that's the way that conferences can, can get ahead of the compensation part while still allowing the players to do the NIL, uh, but still have an equal playing field. Because at the end of the day, these schools want to have a competitive advantage, but they also know that somebody else is always going to be better than them. And so they still want some sort of cap there too. I, I, so I don't think it's ever going to get to the point where Trevor Lawrence is signing a four year uh, agreement worth $3 million or something like that. I think you're going to have it per scholarship player per team. And I think on the high end, you're talking again, tens of thousands of dollars at the most, but We'll see where NIL goes first. I think the paying players is still years down the line, not months. And um, if the NIL works, I think that could be more sustainable than anything because then your your really successful players will get paid what they think they deserve, what they de- they deserve, and then everybody else will be happy with still the scholarship situation. Um, we had one. I don't want to spend the whole time on this because I think people are a little fried after last week. Eric wants to know, he says, I enjoy watching college athletics much more than pro just because the college athletes don't typically play selfishly or make greedy decisions. I'm worried that college sports will change dramatically with name, image, and likeness. How do you feel this will change college sports? I guess I just don't. Like, I... It, it might like it, I mean I, I think it will in some instances, but I don't. I don't think Brock Purdy is going to make different decisions on the field because he's getting paid for an Instagram post, or I, I really don't. I, I think that this comes down to your culture, coaching. Um, these guys are the whole notion, Brent, of that they're not getting any like they. I don't know. I, this I know this is not coherent, but I just they've been about I don't know twenty years ago when these guys all started having Instagram feeds and Twitter feeds. Well, that wasn't twenty years ago, but I'm just you know what I'm saying though. Yeah, that kind of yeah. changed everything too. Like there was like a different element of star. They had their own voices. They could dictate conversation. They didn't need the media anymore. They can. Their sports information director can tell them one thing and then they can go out and tweet another. They've had a lot of this freedom now, albeit it hasn't been financially, but like with their own brands. I don't see this making that big of a difference with that. And if it does, you know what? And I know Matt Campbell pretty well. If he thinks that there's a guy, if he thinks that Brock Purdy is changing plays, and I'm not, the only reason I'm saying Brock is because he's the quarterback right now. Right. I don't want people to be like, you know how that goes. You bench him, right? Like the coaches and the, I, I don't know. I don't think that this is going to be that big of a deal as far as that goes. It's going to change a lot, but I just think that they, I think Brent that in 1985, when that television contract lawsuit came through the Supreme court, it changed everything. And that that's really what this all stems from to me. This whole model was fine until that moment. And I'm not even, I'm not blaming it. I'm just saying when you start pack the new college football playoff thing is going to be worth $1.9 billion. Yep. The employees 
can't not take any they can't not have anything at this point and that's fine like i i just i don't think it's going to be this giant there's a lot of bad actors in college athletics right now god go to an aau basketball tournament it's disgusting like there's a lot of bad actors right now and if anything i could see this limiting some of that because the money's sure. not going to go into the AAU coach's pocket anymore. It's going to go straight to the player. Hopefully he has good people around him. Like I I know I'm totally babbling on this, but I've talked about it ad nauseum for two weeks at this point, and this is where I've landed. I just don't – I think that it's going to be a big difference in these athletic departments, and they're going to have to figure out ways to navigate around it. But for, for a guy like you, Eric, who's watching on TV, I just don't think it'll be that big of a difference. I agree to a point. I mean, when you start, if you start getting to the pain part, they start paying players. Correct. Then it becomes a little bit different in my opinion, but most of the name image and likeness won't be visible. I don't even see many TV commercials with a Brees Hall or something like that. Like you won't know a lot of it. What it's going to be in my opinion is a lot of social media sponsored stuff or, or players selling t-shirts or, you know, just really small potato things that aren't going to be super visible, but they got to figure out in my, how they legislate, you know, what is, what constitutes a booster? It can a, bo- a booster do deals with players. Cause I think that's where it gets really great for people is if I know that Alabama, for an example, their boosters have all these six figure deal with their players. I think that would rub me the wrong way. Is that going to cause me to not watch college football? Probably not, but I would I would think that's an unfair playing field. But to your point, it already kind of is in a lot of respects. So yeah, I, you got to ask yourself, why do you watch Iowa State? Okay, it's probably not because of the players, and so this this kind of goes two different ways. It's because of the brand, and you have an affiliation with Iowa State, and it means something to you. Either you went there, you have a connection there, or you're just a fan. And you probably at the end of the, and, and the players only here for four years. Like you can't just be a fan of a player. So the point is you're probably not going to care. You're still going to be a fan of Iowa state. It's also why these players are absolutely benefiting from being affiliated with the brand. That is Iowa state. Can like I point Iowa out state- too, that I actually think in this scenario with the name, image and likeness world that we're in, you're better off being a student athlete at Iowa state than you are at USC. Right. And, I, I, like, right. How many people and, know who the USC quarterback is in Los Angeles anymore? Unless you're that national and then you can sign the national deal, right? So, But you're right. As far as local, when you have a bigger the, – the alumni base that Iowa State has, there's an advantage there because people know who you are. You know, if you're at Northwestern where it's a small – or Baylor, it's a small private. Like, there's only certain parts you can grow. So, I think that can be used to Iowa State's advantage. But it's the brand of Iowa State that really is the driver here. And so I don't think it's going to matter. If, if Iowa State's playing a football game and they're playing Oklahoma, most likely you don't care that Brees Hall got $1,000 to um, you know, share about body armor or fairway <laughs> or something like that. Like That won't come to your mind when you're at the tailgating lot ready to watch the game. Now, if it gets to a point where these guys are making hundreds of thousands of dollars and the whole idea is it becomes it's just a professional team then, then you got to ask yourself as a fan, yeah, you know, do, do I want to, but, but, the, but it's still Iowa state. Like I think if it gets to that point though, we have a whole nother conversation Correct. of to, what is college sports? What should it even look like? 
And so I think that'll be above even what you as a fan I, need to decide. I am very big on this. And it's it, there's a lot of people in the Jacobson building that probably won't like it. We need to have a reckoning of who's in leadership in college athletics. I'm not... And the reason I say that is it's it's changing. Like to me, like oh well, I've I've got thirty years of experience in inter college athletic. Okay, that's great. I'm not poo pooing that. We need more business people, right? Because I I just think that this is going to change. And and like for what you're saying, to avoid what you're talking about, we need people involved. It's got to be both, right? We got to have people who who have been around the block and see like guys like Pollard are perfect. I could not picture a better athletic director going into this new era than Jamie Pollard with his background in finance and his obvious experience as an athletic director yeah. of the Big 12. Like, it's perfect. We need more guys like that and less institutional, like, you know. Been uh, around for 40 years. Yeah, and I've been a member of the 3030 committee. Team. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that to me is much less relevant than it was 10 years ago. Well, and it's going to get just like any big corporation your you know your hr teams are going to become a bunch of lawyers like you you're going to need expertise in uh legal you know compensation and labor laws almost as these these players are getting closer and closer to employees but i don't know if they want to be employees because then chris you start talking about taxes and then and then you go down the slippery slope of if they're an employee, can I fire said employee? Yes. And, th- and then what? I mean, and I would also like, make the point that the employee route is dangerous in the sense that there's a lot. So let's say you have a recruiting class of 20 players in football. Um, from what I've gathered, this is just my hunch of my, I've done this for 17 years now. 12 of them probably wouldn't even come to college because they wouldn't be able to afford those taxes on their scholarships. That's not, you know, as far that's if we start taxing scholarships and stuff. Like yeah, if you tax it. a scholarship, you're not getting direct Correct. compensation. You, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, but yeah, I also no, for sure. Like, is the compensation going to be worth whatever the taxes on that scholarship will be? You, you see where I'm going there? Like yep. that would I, limit I, a lot of guys. So, so Lee brings up a good point as part of this and we can get out, then we can get outside of this conversation, Please. but he says, and Lee, Lee's <laughs> a smart guy. I've always appreciated Lee. Lee says, within fi- by the way, thank you all. What's, yeah. These are really good. Within five years, I expect the NCAA and conferences to greatly lower required number of varsity sports per school. Is it within the realm of possibility that Iowa state drops wrestling and has only basketball and football left for men's sports? He says, since budget will shift to help pay players and stay competitive. And Lee is on to something here. While I don't think it's necessarily going to be wrestling at Iowa State for a couple of different reasons. I do think that as this shifts and you start getting to compensation or even name, image, and likeness or bolstering your staff to help in these areas, you'll see teams drop more sports. And the the required number, I think, will have to drop or perhaps the way the NCAA manages this via the schools is you, you drop the scholarship requirements for each sport then, right? So for football, maybe you drop it down to 70 when you take 15 away or in basketball, it goes from 12 to 10 or, or whatnot, because the money has to come from somewhere. And while coaches, you can say, well, just take it from the coaches. Nick Saban's not taking a pay cut. Dabble Sweeney is not taking a pay cut. Lincoln Riley's not taking a pay cut. So where does it come from? 
And I don't think these administrators say, oh, well, okay, now our money's going here. So this that's the way it's got to be. I think what happens is, like we saw during COVID, is you'll see a natural propensity for these athletic departments to downsize in certain areas and even take away scholarships if they can to try and address the budget areas on the other end. And so net-wise, while it's good for the men's basketball and the football players, I think at the end of the day, this will take away opportunities from your general just student-athlete. I'm not talking about your to-be-pro student-athlete. I think your general student-athlete may lose some resources. I don't think it's a huge lack of resources because, again, I don't think the pay is going to be so much that it's not offset by TV contracts and otherwise. But I do think there's going to be a really, uh, you know, they're going to pay attention to where is this money going and what's at the best for our competitive advantage. And does that mean reducing support for some other sports? All right, we'll get off of this topic. And again, if we don't get to your question today, uh, Bloom and I are going to plan to do another podcast later this week where we'll do a lot of these. I think we're going to wrap it into a summer series uh, that'll be specifically for the 4th of July for you guys. Um, With that, let's thank our friends from the Iowa Clinic, the Iowa Clinic Men's Center. Go to iowaclinic.com today where you can do everything. You can play your bill. You can make appointments. You can check out all of their locations across the great state of Iowa. Personally, I am biased towards the Ankeny campus over at 1410 Southwest Tradition Drive. However, I haven't even had to go there the last few times I've met with my main man, Dr. Nicholson. We've been doing the telemedicine bloom. You're an old um, medical fundraiser guy at Des Moines University. That's changing that world a lot. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And by speaking of the Iowa Clinic, shout out to uh, my nurse, Anna who's my pedi- pedi- pediatric nurse, big oh. listener of the Cyclone Fanatic podcast. Nice. Anna. She, she sent me a note or she sent my wife a note says, Hey, next time you talk about the Iowa clinic, I need to get my props. So that's great. Props to Anna's Anna's a, one of the great nurses over there. Well, they, I, I'm really impressed. The, the company continues to evolve. Uh, busy solutions for busy lives is one of the headlines at iowaclinic.com. You can go to that, um, Right now, okay, so we're not doing this in the middle of the night on Sunday. Usually it's like 10 o'clock. Right now, I, I see in West Des Moines, we have nine patients waiting at urgent care and only two in Ankeny. I can reserve my spot and just bebop over there. Fantastic. Uh, no, nothing worse than waiting in a waiting room uh, for awful. with sick people. IowaClinic.com. Be a man. Go to the doctor. Uh, all that good stuff. We appreciate their sponsorship of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. I also want to thank, and, and this is where we're going to go here. Uh, this is seamless advertising right here from our friend Jeff Wood at Gravitate Coworking. Um, I didn't know, I didn't know this, but there, but Jeff has a Gravitate Coworking truck. Have you seen this, Bloom? No, I haven't either. I'm I'm passionate about these uh, branded trucks. I got one with the Cyclone Fanatic Carl Chevrolet, uh, 2020 Colorado. Uh, Jeff, uh, the owner of Gravitate Coworking, wants to know, I'd like your ideas on how to best dress up my truck as the Gravitate Coworking entry in Saturday's Windsor Heights Independence Day Parade, the first time I've been in the parade since Visha 2000. I, should, we're, I feel like Saturday I should take the Cyclone Fanatic truck to a parade. Would Windsor you Heights... We have to you got, Windsor Heights is a big one. Urbandale is probably one of the biggest ones. I don't know where else you could go. And, and by the way, RAP Visha uh, has to be said. What, what do you, what do, you do for, 
Visha's gone. R.I.P. Visha. He said oh, the last parade he was in was I'm in Visha sorry. in 2000. Yeah. Sorry, I mean, Visha. Jeez. Rest in peace, Visha. Yeah. Think about Thanks, taking Steve. A... Steve Leith killed Visha. Actually, I blame uh, David Irving. <laughs> <laughs> so that should be a summer series. The most bizarre stories we've ever covered in our careers with Iowa State. We oh, my gosh. Some of them people would know. Others, the the David Irving stop sign Visha thing has to be top five. Like it, it's so bizarre, and then he ends up I, playing the NFL. And I would love uh, an instant reaction when Paul Rhodes saw that picture. <laughs> well, so at some point, Rhodesy is going to slow down here, and I want to do like an all access. Oh my bourbon. Just me and Rhodes sitting there drinking Cody Road and get completely all access to everything that went down because there's some great stories. There is some a lot so of Man, stuff Man in Gino, there. Mangino spoke about Iowa State a couple weeks ago. I talked about it on the radio for a while. Sam Richardson being hit while on a moped right before the Iowa Oh, game. yeah. <laughs> Your starting quarterback. Just freaking crazy. Uh, if, <laughs> Paul Rhodes, Wally Burnham getting shoved by Geno Smith. Paul Rhodes had a lot of bad luck. I'll put it that way. Like, I mean, I, I'm not saying he was perfect. He made some bad decisions along the way, but my God, like the guy. Anyways. Um, David Irving included. Yeah. Well, and then that the, got him kicked out eventually, right? Who's the other guy? Rodney, Rodney Coe. Coe. Rodney Coe. Coe. And then, then he had to start Robbie Garcia. It, oh no! Robbie Garcia at 270 pounds had to start at nose guard <laughs> in the opener against North Dakota State. Uh, gravitate co-working though. Uh, what, right. what do you do for the What do you do for the tr- for Jeff's truck? Like do, because I, I uh, parades. You know, I've been to a couple here lately, and they're they're not memorable unless you have a have a have a thing. Like people hand out flyers. Like I don't know if I want to hand out flyers for that. Just you got to have candy. Have the most candy possible. That's yeah, I, I really just go with candy. If you could connect candy to co-working somehow, or, Jeff, there's your ticket. Like, or you just have a giant sign that says, don't waste money on rent. Or I like, like that. Offices suck. Gravitate co-working. <laughs> like, we've got to really catch people's eyes, Jeff. That's what we've yeah. got to do. You've got to really be creative here. And I know you yeah. are because Gravitate co-working is a – Phenomenally creative business. Go to gravitatecoworking.com. Check out all of their memberships. They have that beautiful spot in Windsor Heights, downtown. Uh, Jefferson and Cedar Falls. They're going to be all over the state of Iowa here before you know it. should put up put up a sign on your truck, Jeff, that's like somebody in jail in their home office. Is it ready to escape <laughs> quarantine? <laughs> all right, Ryan, would you rather see the clones... Lose to that clown college from Western Illinois in stolen stolen Steeler uniforms by three points, <laughs> and bounce back to win a natty, or see the clones go undefeated into the college football playoff just to get beat by some SEC team by ten points. This is easy. You win the national title. Forget about Iowa. That clown Correct. college from Western Illinois. Western Illinois. That's not a difficult answer, right? I think no, I would even settle for losing to Iowa and winning the Big Twelve championship. Yeah, I would. I would do the same thing. That's probably the line, though, right? Like, I'm not, I'm not losing to Iowa and beating Texas, but not making it to the Big Twelve. Like, you, you got to beat those guys this year, just plain and simple. I'm tired of. Them. 
Um, you can run all these scenarios, but just get it over with. Get it over with on September, whatever date that is, 11th, and just be done with it for a while. Kevin wants to know, with the potential of a 12-team playoff, who do you think will miss the playoff first, Alabama or Clemson? And what year will this take place? Uh, the the answer to this is Alabama because Saban's age and they're in a much tougher conference. Uh, Clemson is in a position where it can kind of just skate through the ACC and make the playoff every year. Yeah, who's going to knock them off right now? Florida State's a disaster. Yeah, Miami's. Um, Miami's. They're not, Notre Tech. Dame's not going to that league anytime no, soon. Virginia Tech is a shell of what it once was. Why, what, Duke? NC State? Like, no. This is... Dabo's, like, entering his prime, believe it or not. Although, I would say Dabo is going to be such a douche when it comes to the paying players thing that maybe he implodes. Maybe he just completely implodes. Would he be an NFL interest at all? I seems a little hokey to go to that league. He's way too cheesy. Yeah. To be... Like, look at some of the response Urban Meyer has gotten in the NFL. No. Sure. I would I don't see him. I wouldn't either. want him like if the Vikings were gonna hire Dabo Sweeney, I'd be pissed. Like I'd absolutely not. Sign me up for ten more years of Mike Zimmer. Yeah, because Saban, Saban's sixty eight. He's not young, but they have it rolling and he's done such a good job of hiring that people actually go to work for him now and they get fired from a major place. So I but I it's going to be three years at least. I'll say 2024 when Alabama misses okay. because because George is in. Um, well, but so the thing is, when they go to 12, though, C-Dub, Alabama can go 9-3 and three and they'll make it because they're Alabama, same as Clemson. So it could be a while, honestly. All right. Um, Michael, this is a good one. Hypothetical. As a Cyclone fan, you can only attend one home Iowa State game this year and one away game this year. Which home and away game are you picking and why? There's a lot of different ways to look at this one. I know exactly where mine would be. Like, I, I don't even have to think about this. You want me to go? Yeah. The home game, I'm, I'm attending the... Um, I'll attend the Iowa game. You just It's hard to beat the electricity. I hate I hate those games, though. Like I almost picked you and I, the season opener. There's some buzz about it, 230 kick. But the Iowa game will be... Two top 25 teams. Trice is – it'll be on fire. I, that I, I could say, though, September 4th because it's the first game back with the whole crowd. Like, there's that semblance of we beat COVID, all that stuff. But I will say September 11th, and I think this is a trap question. Most people would say November 20th at Oklahoma. Uh, me, I'm going to Vegas. I'm going my two games. I'm getting them both out of the way in September – you know, in the bulk of the Big 12 season, I can sit and watch these games at home, which I like to do. That Oklahoma game is going to be one of the biggest games in the history of Iowa State football. I want to watch it at home. I don't want to be in Norman where these fans can ruin it for me. Yeah. I, I'm going to Vegas. That I can go to Norman anytime I want. It's rare to have a top 10 Cyclone football team in Las, Ve- Las freaking Vegas where the Clone Nation's taking over Sin City you know, I think I may have talked myself out of the Iowa game, though. I think I'd rather uh, go on September 4th. Just a new... Because you you were physically uncomfortable last year at games. I hated it. I yeah. Like, I... 
it bothered me to the core. I couldn't even hardly go unless I had to be there. Yeah. And it's still uncomfortable thinking about yeah. that place empty. It like it, it totally messed with my like psychology. Like it was so weird. Like I, I absolutely did, hated it. So I would, and you didn't go to, you didn't go to Hilton, which good for you. Cause yeah, that was even, I more avoided bizarre. it like the plague. Yeah. I, it was that, awful. That would have been weird. Worse for me. It was awful. It still kind of gives me the, the creeps thinking about that. And I was, I'm talking about the women's game and the women's, and they were entertaining, but it was so bizarre being at Hilton last year. Don't want any part of that again. Yeah, so Makes me uncomfortable. I want to be a part of September 4th when everybody's back together. We're opening up the new facility things around Jack Trice. I mean, there's no such thing as being comfortable with Northern Iowa in town, but that's a game where you can, you can get a little tipsy before the game and not have to sweat it out too bad. The Iowa game, I always have an uneasy feeling like yeah, it not I've, enjoyable. I've just had a lot of bad experiences like beer cans <laughs> at you. Like, like I, I would rather go and enjoy myself with the UNI game and not have to worry about the rivalry bull crap uh, with Iowa. The Iowa atmosphere will be it's electric. Yeah, but yeah. I also think September 4th will be too just because of all the above. So there, that's my bloom. I'm taking the opener, and I'll go to Vegas on the 18th once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Yeah, I I hate but love the Iowa game. So that's it's tough. I mean, all, so I'm with you on those first two, you know, 50-50 there. I will say, out of the box, because I love the place, and it's so much different than everywhere else, West Virginia Oh yeah, for a road game. Now, it mo- probably won't mean anything, although West Virginia should be top half of the conference. That's a trap game of the season for me. But it's unique, and it's unlike anywhere else in the conference, and the people there are outstanding, and you'll love your time in Morgantown. So if I'm, I'm going to bang the drum. If you can make it to Morgantown this year, do it. They're nice people. They're hospitable. It, it'll it be a good competitive football game, and uh, it's an interesting place. It's like going back 150 years in time. And they sell beer there. I would agree. The, the only problem is it's just hard to get to for people. It is. It That's is. So problem. a little pro tip. This Pittsburgh and drive south, right? Yeah. It's an hour south of Pittsburgh. So fly into Pittsburgh and go south. And it's it's a crazy drive. I mean. It's scenic. They're, they're the mountaineers for a reason, everybody. Yeah. I, it's, it's unique. I, I'm not going to Lubbock. I'm not going to Waco. Vegas will be fun, but it, that it won't be a competitive game. And then Oklahoma is the other answer, but you're right. You'd be outnumbered. That's the thing when you go to Norman is you really feel like it's a road game because they care on like some places and um, there's 90,000 of them and you're in your little corner. And I still have uh, the shakes from when Seneca was there in 02 in the middle of a rainstorm. And that was a miserable drive home. Don't want to go back. If it was Chris Williams 10 years ago, I would be going to Norman. Sure. But you want to enjoy yourself. Yeah, and I, I just, I'm not into the, I, I almost picked the damn Kansas game because it's like I know yeah. I can show up and I know the team's going to win and I can just get really drunk at the tailgate. And There, there is know. something to the, the I just, drive home. I get you too go anxious home. when Iowa State's playing. That's my problem. Yeah. Like, I, this is yeah. hard for me. But you, 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 not only do you have to go to the game, you have to experience the game, but then you have to go home. And when you lose a game, it's a miserable experience when you have to drive that. 10 hours home. Think that, think about that. All right. Um, let's have this be the last one. And then okay. again, we're going to do another one this week. And I, I've kind of strategically taken these questions the way I have, because the, for the summer series one that we're going to piece together, uh, Ward 
wants to know, for the record, the Sunday pot is awesome. Thank you, Ward. Thank you, Ward. His question, any concern regarding missed recruiting targets as of late? It seems as though we've lost a lot of battles. Are we just going for a higher level of recruit? Or a lot more recruits just showing interest early, and it seems this way? Uh, I think here's... Let me just clarify. I want to see how... Um, how many recruits do they have right now? Six? No, there's more than that. Is there? This Seven? Is, this is the key. Um, 18. No, wait a second. That's for 2021. Let me see. Let me pull up 22. Uh, on 247. Eight. So they got eight, eight commits. Eight commits right now. Oh, by the way, if you're into recruiting and you're not a Patreon member or a Mimi, we're going to have the uh, Iowa State football recruiting coordinator on Wednesday for a town hall to talk about. Yep. He can't talk about like the specific um, players and stuff, obviously, but But he can can talk about their their creative process. Yeah. yeah, And and all all that stuff. So the one thing that is super interesting about this year, Brent is the class sizes are all going to be smaller across the country because of the guys coming back. Like Chase Allen, for instance, or he would have been gone in a normal year, but he had that opportunity to come back. Well, you still have to fit in your scholarship limits. So I think what has happened here is one, well, none of these guys were able to get on campus until lately. Um, two, they are going after a higher level of prospect. And three, I think what's happening here, well, and one, I, Honestly, Ward, like I, I know what you're talking about, but I think that you've got to consider the like in football, there's so many offers that are handed out. Like it it can seem like you're on a losing streak, but in reality, it's like, well, we didn't really think we were gonna get that guy, but we wanted to be in the fold just in case we had a you know some connection yeah, that you weren't aware right? of. Right. So I think you might be overreacting to it just a little bit, but you've gotta keep in mind eight recruits this year so far. The thought is that this class, and I've been doing some investigating on this, will not exceed 18. Normally, you're looking seven or eight more than that sometimes, just depending on the season. So I wouldn't I wouldn't think too hard about it. I think that the, the thing, too, about Campbell is he really just doesn't care about, like, stars and stuff like that. He, he really doesn't. Like, I, I can tell you – I don't even think Matt like gets on the recruiting services. I don't even think Matt would know how. Like I don't think his computer has like ever been on for real. I'm not not just telling you that. I know. I, I know. I think that I Brent it's just a kind of a it is how it is with the year. I think that they'll be at about fifteen in August and people aren't even gonna realize it. And that'll be the class. Well, and these guys trust their evaluation so much that they don't they don't care about the ratings. And you know, well, might like you you make a lot of great points. Like a good example of this that people are going to hear this name a lot more in the coming months. But Jalen Knoll out of Kansas City, C Dub, was the 13th ranked player in Missouri and a three star prospect, ranked 125th in the nation in wide receivers by 247. He's got onto campus and has wowed everybody. Like, this is a guy they got early. He committed. He didn't blow up. And now he's on campus and he's a wow type player that when all is said and done, he'll probably contribute as soon as this year. Point is, 
they trust themselves more than anybody else. And so the, the guys they're going to get, and the track record's proven at this point, I mean, this is six years running, that they're, gonna, they're confident in their ability to evaluate no matter what the player is ranked. And even though they're not getting some of these guys, um, rest assured that they've got others that they feel can contribute just as much. And I think the proof's in the pudding with Campbell at this point. He's never had a recruiting class in the top 45. No. So it's just, um, you know, they think they can develop these guys. But no, just put a little bug in the ear for Jalen Knoll. Hearing good things, my friend. All right. Uh, Bloom's hearing it. It's, it's rock solid. All right, Bloom, get out of here. Uh, thanks for your time. And we'll do another one of these before the 4th of July for everybody. Sound good? All right. Have a great week, everybody. All right. He is Brent Bloom. Let's do some English on the way out. If you like what we do, rate, subscribe, review. You know how it goes. Appreciate it. Go clones. Sins that were dead on the vine